last week on the Sonic Truth Dynasty podcast. Dun 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 dun. We're gonna do that dun 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 again, right? Well, except the fact that he was busted for PEDs. <laughs> except the positive test. Everything, man, there's the positive test. <laughs> and I was like, what's gonna really get under his skin? Yeah, that came out, and then the popcorn, I was like, that's not on the show sheet. That's definitely not on the show sheet. 15-minute popcorn story. And with more flavor call, more garlic. With more flavor call, more garlic. With more flavor call, more garlic. That fucking popcorn story, just, I was looking at the show sheet, I'm like, I don't see anything on here about how to pop fucking popcorn. And it put me in a cage with a wolverine, and I'll send that piece of shit back to hell where it came from. And it's the best way to go out on a sweatpant boner. And is this the time when you think people start masturbating to the show? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sonic Truth dynasty podcast i'm your host nate liss you can find me on twitter at an outraged jew and with me as always is mr matt kelly you can find him on twitter at fantasy underscore mansion matt what's going on we got all these preseason football games going on right now they matter right i don't watch football <laughs> okay i watch the occasional college football game i watch the super bowl that's about it i don't watch football because it makes me biased Every snap you watch increases your bias. The eye test is the lie test. So I do not let the television lie to me. I glean all of my analysis from the numbers. It's a good way to live your life. It's a great way to live your life, Matt. Yeah, the sport's also immoral. So there's that. (laughs) You got nothing. You've got nothing. So instead of watching preseason football, I grilled some salmon for my family, and it was delicious. Matt, before... Okay, look. Before you get into this, I'm pleading with you. We need to have an expedient episode. We talked about this last week with the popcorn. Right. There's, There's just... There's no way that this is going into another recipe, right? You promised me no more recipes. Which segment from last week generated the most buzz on social media? I don't know. I'm pretty sure the Wolverine thing, but there was a lot of... That's true. No, that's true. The second most after the Wolverine thing. It has to be the popcorn. Right. Much more than any football talk, right? It was Wolverine talk and it was popcorn talk dominated the conversation sphere around this show after the last episode. It was not any of the football players we talked about. People want us to talk about literally anything other than football because they have 65,000 fantasy football podcasts to get through, and this is a detour from the droning football talk, and they love it. So, okay, with, with that being said, tell me tell me about this this dinner with the family. No, you have to go, Nate. You have to go. We have to get going with this. We have to cut this show short. We have to shortchange the audience in the process. 
because Nate List has somewhere to be. You have too many responsibilities, and this show, as we know, is low on your priority list. Look, I'm not saying I'm not saying it's low on my priority list. What I'm saying is, look, I trust you, Matt. There's no way lightning won't strike twice. You wouldn't do this to me twice after I've begged you twice. Now, I'm not going to go on some elongated recipe story going through every meticulous detail of cooking popcorn, or in this case, grilling salmon. But what I will tell you, is you can make your life a hell of a lot easier if you put some material between fish and the grilling surface. This is a pro tip for everyone at home. Never grill fish directly on the flame. Why? Because we have to scrape the fish parts off the grill. Do you really think that's the way to go? No, it's not the way to go. It's not clean, it's not sanitary, and it doesn't taste as good. So if you're going to grill salmon, put down a layer of tinfoil and then coat that tinfoil with oil and you can have the great flavor and consistency of grilled salmon without ruining the protein fibers and potentially ruining your grill. Now, you want to take it a step higher? Now, do you want to take it to the next level? (laughs) Go to Whole Foods and purchase a couple cedar planks. So you purchase cedar planks from Whole Foods and you soak those cedar planks for about two to three hours, get them nice and wet and heavy, and then you put them on the grill surface. You put the salmon on top, cover the grill, and it creates this cedar aroma steam inside the grill. So it adds a little extra cedar flavor to the fish. It's wonderful. That's the way to go. I was at my father-in-law's house and he was about to throw the fish directly on the flame and I said, ah, what are you Got out some tinfoil, boom, his mind blown. Okay, so that wasn't necessarily a recipe per se. There's a cooking pro tip. I don't have recipes for the audience every week, but they loved the tips that I had for them about popcorn popping, so I thought, why not fish grilling? It was a nice it was a nice change to the episode. It, once again, it didn't it didn't help with our overall length of show and timeline that I'm trying to stay on, but we're going healthier now because Show me the length again of the show with your hand gesture. About this much, about this wide. Yeah, that's about right. You got it about right. Seems about right. Tell me when. For anyone that's masturbating at home. (laughs) I don't even know what that means. So, okay, Matt, I think we need to get into a buzzard email to start this show. It seems only fitting. That's how we should jump into this show. By the way, you know that we've received some one-star reviews on iTunes. New listeners complaining about our masturbation reference at the beginning of the show. You knew that, right? No, I didn't. That's like a staple of the show. I know. I know. I know. What? I read that and I was shocked. Have a sense of humor. What is wrong with you? You prudish dolts. What in the world? This is a semi-broadcast. If we don't say one thing about masturbation, it's a total loss. We put it in the intro so that we don't have to bring it up on the show. Because if we don't put it in the intro, then we got to talk about it on the show, just the way it is. That gave us a one-star review in the subject of the review, masturbating and boners. That was the subject. <laughs> That's good. And RI-Lighthouse writes, this is what they say in the intro. As if that's a bad thing, right? As if, <laughs> right. What? Sweatpant boaters? Uh, that's interesting. That's funny. I love how some of these one-star reviews actually tempt new listeners to listen. Right. Right? People that are shopping for podcasts, they read the one-star reviews, and they're thinking, oh, this is a show I want to listen to. 
<laughs> I think the one-star reviews are just as tempting as the five-star reviews oftentimes. Because that's all it was. That's all this was, was a person saying, that's what they say in the intro. Masturbating and boners. Too many good okay. fantasy football podcasts without this trash. What are you talking about? The word boner offends your sensibilities? R.I. Lighthouse? Why don't you go outside for once in your life? You can't tell me. Some people, man. Some people... I don't know who these people are. I don't know where they are, who they are, but I know they're bad people. I know they're people I want nothing to do with. I don't want these individuals listening to our show because their sensibilities are so different than ours. They're such prudish, self-serious douchebags. I want nothing to do with the prudish, self-serious douchebag listener. I know that one of you out there is listening to the show for the first time. And you, I'm looking at you, I'm pointing at you, you are a self-serious, prudish douchebag, and I'll see you later. Turn the podcast off, <laughs> go give us a one star, fucker. Maybe, maybe. That that just sounds like a guy who's never taken a night out to the strip club by himself, maybe started it off with a little whiskey. Oh, I'm sure he does. The guy that gives that review complaining about the boners and the masturbation is the same guy that's at the strip club every night. Look, to the guy that's going to the strip club, look, I, I see you, man. I feel you. What you need to do is go get yourself a nice pair of silk pants <laughs> for the strip club, right? Why are you going down this road? Why are you giving more details about how to, what, ejaculate in a, during a lap dance? Is this what you're trying to teach the audience now? So my pro tip is how to cook a delicious salmon. Yours right. is how to get off in the strip club. Is this really your contribution? This is where you're going? This is going in the outtakes. Everything you've said the last three minutes is going in the outtakes. Because you know why? Because there is a, a new listener out there. And I don't want to clean up the show's language for that new listener. No. But I at least want to give them some decent radio. And you're not doing that right now. That's the problem. That's why this is all going in the outtakes. I have to cut all of this out and put it in the outtakes because you are allergic to good radio. You did this last week. You were allergic to good radio last week. And it's carrying over to this week. What the hell's wrong with you, man? I struggle to do good radio. We should probably <laughs> get into this. Let's get into this buzzard email. That's the way to save it. That's always the way to save it. I love that we always have the buzzard ripcord. Go ahead. I'm going to pull that ripcord right now because I need to. And as always, buzzard emails that contact the show are sponsored by Maisie, which is a collaborative app for fantasy football. It's focused for fantasy football. I use it. Matt uses it. I think tons and tons of people are using it now because Maisie continues to come to us and ask us to advertise it. So clearly it's working for them on their end. M-A-Z-E-Y. M-A-Z-E-Y. Go to your app store. M-A-Z-E-Y. 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 Stop using the goddamn league message board. It's useless. Stop doing it. Stop posting on the league message board. Maisie's the way to go. I'll tell you something that's pretty cool about it. We talked last week, and you told me how uh, Maisie gives you the ability to lock out channels, to lock out posts, so only administrators can respond to them because I was having this issue. I had to put view only in the title, and people kept posting. Well, recently, I've been chasing people down for their dues payments, which is one of the most annoying parts of being a commissioner of a league. Yes. Especially when you're playing with adults. I should not have to come after you for 50 bucks or 75 bucks. It's ridiculous. I mean, individuals older than 18? Yes, older than 18. What are those called again? Adults? 
Right. Yeah, adults. What did you say before? I think I said individuals. No, you said adults. Did I say adults? Yeah, you said adults. Y- you know, I don't... I was hoping you would say it again, but then you corrected it, so... No, I, I, I bounce around. People old enough to wear silk pants to the strip club is how I should define them. But nonetheless... Whoa, whoa, dude. I cut that part out. Now it's going to be out of context. No one's going to know what the hell you're talking about. We should continue then. Now they have to go to the outtakes to figure out what the hell we were talking about with these silk pants. That's enticing right God, there. You are so bad at radio. It's really stunning. It's stunning how bad you are at this. Thank you. Go ahead. So the thing about the app that's really great is I made this new running list and notes of people that have paid up on their dues. And so every time somebody pays me, which it may be before the season, it may be at the end of the season, which is super annoying, I can edit this list in a running fashion and people can go look to confirm whether they've paid or not. Have they paid up two years in advance, whatever else? So it's a really cool feature for people that are commissioners, not just as a chat for a league, but as the commissioner in this chat, you can still have that authoritative ability and function it like you would your league. So it's a really good app. Yeah, it's an asset gallery. You can upload photos, documents, notepads, league constitutions. So everyone in the app can see who's paid and who hasn't. And the asset gallery is ever present. But also when you're sending a message to the group, you can always just attach any asset from the gallery to any message. I mean, Maisie's great. I love it. I love it. I really do love it. Okay, so let's get to this buzzard email, Matt. Here's how it reads. Last week you brought up peak end effect. So answer me this. Why is it that somehow it doesn't apply to Adam Thielen? Do you know what peak end effect is? I was here for the last episode. Of course I know what peak end effect is. Well, go ahead and tell the audience what peak end effect is. Why don't you tell the people what peak end effect is? Oh, here we go. Yes, look at this, this weasel. Look at him. Look at him squirm. We've got him. We've got him, members of the Sonic Truth audience. We have him pinned down and cornered. It's almost like a snake. The snake is caught between the teeth of the pitchfork. He's pinned to the ground. He can't escape. He now knows that we know that he did zero show prep again and doesn't even know the definition of the first concept on the show sheet because, of course, he doesn't because it's Nate Liss. (laughs) Why would anyone expect him to be prepared or have any idea what we're going to talk about one week to the next? So peak end effect is as follows. The human brain remembers... The final experience in a string of experiences more vividly. So, for example, you hike a mountain. You're going to remember the end of the hike where you're exhausted and sweaty and you feel broken more than you will remember the middle when you were standing on top of the mountain and feeling euphoric. When you think back to that hike, you're going to think back to how miserable you felt as you were getting back into the car. Now, psychologists actually measured this, and you'll appreciate this. With rectal exams, colonoscopies. Go on. So what they did was, at the end of some colonoscopies, they kept the scope in longer, but they didn't move it around. In fact, they tried to rest it in the least invasive position. So for a handful of subjects, the end of the colonoscopy was almost painless. And for others, they just pulled the thing out suddenly. So both sets of patients experienced the same amount of discomfort up until a point, and then it ended for some, but then it continued in a more mild form for others. So those that were in the group with the extra mild experience, 
experienced more total discomfort. However, they also reported a much better experience. So those with more total discomfort in the experience enjoyed it more. It's counterintuitive. I mean, there's very little in the world more counterintuitive than that. But that's what peak end effect is. The final segment of an experience overrides all the sensations that occurred throughout the experience. And in fantasy football, we've seen this. We've seen players overdrafted. Why? Great Super Bowl performances. Great end-of-season runs. Players that carry your team to a fantasy football championship by excelling in weeks 14, 15, and 16. This is the C.J. Anderson corollary, where C.J. Anderson is thrust into a starting job in 2014, and then he's the number one back in fantasy football for the final eight weeks, and everyone that picked up C.J. Anderson on the waiver wire wins the championship. And for years, that feeling reverberates as C.J. Anderson is overdrafted because the perception of his ability is inflated by peak end effect. So it would make sense that Adam Thielen would be touted by every fantasy analyst. You would think that he would be on everyone's list of must-have value receivers, so much so that he rises up draft boards. Why? Because in Week 16, Fantasy Football Super Bowl for most leagues, Adam Thielen was the number one wide receiver. Anyone that started Adam Thielen won the championship. He scored 44.6 fantasy points on 202 yards and two touchdowns. But here's my theory explaining why Adam Thielen is not enjoying peak end effect heading into 2017. Want to render a guess? Hmm. Because he plays for the Minnesota Vikings and Stephon Diggs plays there? Because no one had him in the lineup. Hmm. No one actually won their league with Adam Thielen. Why? Because in the previous game against Indianapolis, zero points. 0.0 points. Zero yards. Zero touchdowns on one target. Adam Thielen was benched in every league in week 16. In 2016, why? Recency bias. Recency bias rendered Adam Thielen's peak end effect null and void. explosion sound it's a really good point i mean i guess i never thought about it from from that actual point of view that if you didn't start him you might not have remembered it as well as somebody who did start him and i don't know that anybody started adam thielen i'm sure someone did there's enough people out there playing if he's on your bench you don't remember it in fact if anything you were bitter about it yeah, and Adam Thielen last year had a great year. I mean, I think most people by this point, especially people that listen to your show, are well aware of it. But 69 receptions on 92 targets, 14 yards per reception. How many receptions? 69. Matt, let's be adult about this. Let's be adults about this. <laughs> Adam Thielen is one of the great values in fantasy football dynasty leagues because he just turned 27 so he has three more years left of his prime 
age 27, age 28, and age 29 seasons yet to go. And Adam Thielen was the poster child for trutherism in fantasy football. You had to hold on to him for four plus years before he finally broke out in 2016. But the signs were there. College dominator, 45.9%, 90th percentile, above average college yards perception, above average breakout age, and across the board, good, not great metrics. But because he's big, 6'3", 200 pounds, his best workout metric is his catch radius, 1009, 66th percentile. And none of his workout metrics fall below the 43rd percentile. So Adam Thielen, as it turns out, has been hashtag good at football all along. And he's best comparable to Eric Decker, which makes a lot of sense. Eric Decker's from Minnesota, and he's 6'3", 200, and he's white. Adam Thielen, from Minnesota, 6'3", 200, and he's white. And Adam Thielen was also the most efficient wide receiver in the NFL last year. Did you know that? Did you know that Adam Thielen was the most efficient wide receiver in the NFL last season? I did not know that, Matt. I was unaware. And it actually wasn't close, because his production premium, which measures... Adam Thielen's contribution on any given down and distance above or below expectation, plus 30.0, top three, plus 34.8 target premium, which is his per target production compared to the other receivers in that Minnesota Vikings passing game. That was fourth in the league. His yards per target, 10.5, fourth in the league. Catch rate, 75%, fifth in the league. Drop rate, 1.1%. He only dropped one pass all year, and he caught 83% of his contested targets. So all Adam Thielen did was make plays when targeted last season. This is what you want in Dynasty. In Dynasty, we buy efficiency. So if a player was hugely efficient last year, that's a great indicator that he's good at football, and you just want to collect players on your Dynasty League team that are hashtag good at football and let the rest take care of itself. Let the schedule take care of itself. Let the game script take care of itself. Let the supporting cast take care of itself. Let all those external forces work themselves out over time. Over the next three years, what you care about, is this player good at football? He has the 90th percentile college dominator, an exceptional on-field efficiency at the professional level in a season in which he commanded 92 targets. So we know he's good. We know it. It goes all the way back to college. That's how certain we are. So those are the players you should be targeting, particularly the ones that are at the age apex or younger. Willie Sneed is a younger version of Adam Thielen on a prolific offense. But Adam Thielen is also much less expensive to acquire in Dynasty Leagues than Willie Sneed. But I would argue that Adam Thielen's a better buy, a better bargain, a better value. I understand in redraft, you want to identify the most efficient players from the previous year. And oftentimes, avoid them in redraft leagues because they're destined to be overvalued because of recency bias the following season and experience a negative regression because no player can be the most efficient for consecutive seasons. That's nearly impossible. Contact the show at Roto Underworld at Sonic Truth Pod. Who was the last running back or wide receiver to be the most efficient in the league for two consecutive seasons? You just never see it. But with a guy like Adam Thielen, you buy the efficiency in Dynasty because what we care about is the fact that he's simply good at football. And the Minnesota Vikings are now telling you this with their depth chart assignments. They've assigned Adam Thielen the number one 
slot on the team's official depth chart even ahead of Stephon Diggs. Do I think Stephon Diggs is going to outscore Adam Thielen this year? Of course. I love Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is a better player than Adam Thielen in every way. But Adam Thielen could absolutely be the 1B to Stephon Diggs 1A on a team that's going to be experiencing a positive reversion in strength of schedule and consequently game script. So I think the Minnesota Vikings are going to be a more productive and efficient offense. And because of that, I think Adam Thielen's arrow is pointing up across the board. And yet, because no one started him in Week 16 last year, there's no irrational exuberance around Adam Thielen. You have a couple more weeks to go get him in Dynasty Leagues. There's not much to add to the Adam Thielen take. I mean, it's a great point top to bottom. Adam Thielen was super efficient. This is a Minnesota Vikings team that, by all accounts, should be better this year. Stephon Diggs, another year in the league. Sam Bradford. I don't love Bradford, but Bradford's not a terrible quarterback. I mean, look at the production that Thielen and Stephon Diggs had. Not a ton of touchdowns. The reason why Sam Bradford broke the NFL record for completion percentage last year, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen's the reason. Adam Thielen's 75% catch rate propelled Sam Bradford's completion percentage to heights we've never seen. And, you know, Thielen, like you said, he's a buy low right now. Nobody's talking about him. Everybody assumes that Stephon Diggs is the guy which he is. He's a throw-in. Yeah, sure, he is a throw-in. And there's not a lot of excitement about the Minnesota passing game. I mean, there just isn't. So getting Thielen right now isn't going to cost you a lot of money. You also noted the fact that he's a little bit older. So maybe somebody's going to look at it like he's the number two on a team that doesn't throw the ball that much. They're not a highly explosive offense. They've invested in a new running back that should get work. Diggs is the guy. Thielen's 26, going to be 27 soon. And he's a throw-in, just like you said. So it's one of those where you can send a sneaky trade out where you make it look like it's some other sort of trade. And then you say, hey, uh, why don't you throw me Adam Thielen back? You know what I mean? Right. Yes. (laughs) The Trojan horse throw-in. I love the Trojan horse throw-in. That's the name of this show, Adam Thielen Trojan Horse. So let's let's move from... Okay. There are multiple dynasty teams where I own Stephon Diggs because I've owned Stephon Diggs from the beginning. We've loved Stephon Diggs since I was in the womb. I'm also much older than Stephon Diggs, so figure that one out. Math people. <laughs> Math people. All right. So yeah, Stephon Diggs, Thielen, and Rudolph. I own the Minnesota passing game. And that's not impressive. Uh, I no. that's, not, that's not something you want to brag about, right? It's not. You go to a bar and you're striking up a conversation with someone. Like, By the way, I own the entire Minnesota Vikings passing game in my Dynasty League. I do. So proud of it. Well, I am proud of it because I like stacking wide receivers on the same team. Earlier this week, I talked to Nick Giffen from Rotoviz. We talked about stacking Keenan Allen and Tyrell Williams. I love that tactic. And in Dynasty, I like stacking the value-wide receivers because you benefit from anti-fragility and it smooths out your production. You can start both players and you know one of these players is probably going to score a touchdown. In redraft, I'm doing it with Eric Decker and Rashard Matthews. These are inexpensive assets that you can acquire in both Dynasty and redraft leagues. It smooths out your weekly production so you have less volatile week-to-week point outputs. And your roster is insulated from injury. So stacking players, particularly wide receivers, particularly the inexpensive wide receiver duos, it's the way to go. Now, we talked about the most efficient players at their position. 
And the most efficient running back last year was Tevin Coleman. Tevin Coleman's touchdown rate was impossible to replicate. I mean, the most unsustainable touchdown rate we've seen in years belonged to Tevin Coleman last year. And I received so many sad-faced emojis, sad-faced emoji, sad-faced emoji, sad-faced emoji from the Tevin Coleman enthusiasts, my brethren, because I am the original Tevin Coleman tout. So many sad faces from you all. After Devontae Freeman signed a five-year contract making him the highest paid running back in the league. The problem is Devontae Freeman isn't the highest paid running back in the league. It's going to be Le'Veon Bell. Mm-hmm. And if you actually think about it, who else would be the second highest paid running back in the league after Devontae Freeman? It's not Melvin Gordon. He's still on his rookie contract. It's not David Johnson. He's still on his rookie contract. It's not Ezekiel Elliott. He's still on his rookie contract. It's not Leonard Fournette. He's still on his rookie contract. It's not Todd Gurley. He's still on his rookie contract. Because that's the nature of the running back position. They score most of their fantasy points from age 22 to age 25. It's a disposable position, and most of the talent is flushed out of the league by their late 20s. That's just how it works. That's why there are very few running backs that make a lot of money. And Devontae Freeman was the number one running back in fantasy in 2015. So it stands to reason that he would be well-paid when it comes time to receive a contract extension. I mean, none of this is surprising. Why the sad face emojis? I just don't understand the sad face emoji. Did you think that I thought the Atlanta Falcons were going to let Devontae Freeman walk? Do you think that that's how I manage my fantasy team? Do you think I go out there and I acquire running backs based on the contract status of one of their teammates? That's bad process. Acquiring or letting players go based on an assumption of future contract status, whether it's the player or his teammate, is suboptimal. It amounts to blatant fantasy team mismanagement because so often the conventional wisdom about a player's contract status does not come to fruition. That's why it should never be the impetus for acquiring a player or letting a player go. I mean, this happens every year. Think about this past offseason. Every NFL expert was certain that the Miami Dolphins were going to let Kenny Stills go because they had to sign Jarvis Landry the following season. And they already had Devontae Parker and Leontay Carew. So it seemed illogical for the Miami Dolphins to re-sign Kenny Stills. So what does the irrational franchise do this past offseason? Of course, the Miami Dolphins signed Kenny Stills! Did you go out and trade for Leontay Carew, Nate, because you thought Kenny Stills would walk in free agency? Are you that misguided? Are you that bad of a dynasty player? Well, when you set it up like that, you're, you're pretty much forcing me into not giving you a genuine answer. But I'm going to give you a genuine answer regardless because that's the type of guy I am. Uh, no, I did not because I don't play the game of fantasy football that way. However, I did buy Kenny Stills in startup drafts and stuff like that this year because there was a price break on him. And Leontay Carew also... There's a definite price break on him because I think people feel like he hasn't amounted to anything yet. So to answer the original question, no, I don't play fantasy football like that, and I'm still on Kenny Stills. Right, you shouldn't have been overpaying for Leontay Carew thinking that Kenny Stills would leave Miami. But now, now, now is the time to get Leontay Carew. Now! Because the assumption has been all along that the Miami Dolphins are just playing a hardball. 
with Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry wants an extension, but Jarvis Landry's not getting an extension. And all the beat reporters around the Miami Dolphins are saying, signing Jarvis Landry to a long-term extension is not a priority for the Miami Dolphins. How could it be? They have Leonte Carew and Devontae Parker on rookie deals, and they just extended Kenny Stills. You don't need four productive receivers on your roster. You don't need that. You just need three and some inexpensive guys that can fill in if you experience injuries. So the beauty is Leonte Carew went from being overvalued to undervalued in Dynasty Leagues the moment Kenny Stills re-signed in Miami. Because at the end of the day, when you look back, thinking about Adam Thielen to the college resume, that 90th percentile college dominator illuminated Adam Thielen's quality, his talent. And when you go and look at the dominator rating on Leonte Carew, it was in a partial season, but it was as good as any Division I wide receiver we've seen since Demarius Thomas. I mean, you've got Demarius Thomas, you've got Calvin Johnson, and then you've got Leonte Carew looking at the dominator rankings back through time. 63.9% dominator rating, 99th percentile. And was Leonte Carew a compiler at the college level? Did he dominate with short passes? a la Kevin White, a la Zay Jones. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. No, see, Leontay Carew was prolific while also being incredibly productive on a per-target basis. His yards per reception at Rutgers, 20.7, 96th percentile. So he's commanding an incredible target share while also stretching the field. You never see that. You never see that. The guys with the college yards per reception over 20, it's Philip Dorsett. It's Martavis Bryant. It's Devin Smith. These are field stretchers with low usage rates. It's incredibly rare to see a high usage rate and an exceptional yards per reception. Because when you get the volume required to post a 63% dominator rating, it's seemingly impossible to also roll up more than 20 yards per reception. And the most predictive metric of all on the Leonte Carew prospect profile, breakout age, 19.6, 74th percentile. His height adjusted speed score, 73rd percentile. So all these metrics we look at, college dominance, age adjusted college production, size adjusted athleticism. Leonte Carew is exceptional across the board. And he plays a similar position opposite Devontae Parker on the football field to Jarvis Landry. So the Miami Dolphins have this player in camp and in practice every day. They see what he can do on a per-target basis, and they can compare it to Jarvis Landry. NFL teams don't use our advanced metrics, but they see it on film after every practice, and they record every practice. So I think the Miami Dolphins know what they have with Jarvis Landry. I think the Miami Dolphins know what they have with Deontay Carew. And it doesn't matter how many players are ahead of the talent on the depth chart, the efficient player. It doesn't matter that Devontae Freeman just signed a fake mega contract. It doesn't matter. Give me the efficient playmakers. Show me the talented assets. Those are what I'm collecting on my Dynasty League rosters. Leontay Carew is free. He's free. You can get a player with one of the best prospect profiles we've seen in years for free. Why? Because oh, we're worried about the contracts of the players around him. Yeah, that's right. Now you can acquire Tevin Coleman at a discount. Why? Oh, well, one of his teammates just signed a big fake contract. So he's not as valuable anymore, even though he's the same player he was 
before Devontae Freeman signed the fake blockbuster deal. And something that people don't know about Leontay Carew is how the Dolphins acquired him. In 2016, the Dolphins moved up to pick number 86 in the third round. They gave up a 2016 sixth, a 2017 third, and a 2017 fourth to Minnesota to move up that far. So they really bought into Leontay Carew. We talk about what the New Orleans Saints did this year for Alvin Kamara, and everybody talks about this third-round pick that they gave up in the future. Well, the Dolphins did the same thing, but they also gave up a fourth and a sixth. So they really bought into what Leontay Carew is capable of. And if you go back to his college profile, he was outstanding. One thing that a lot of people talked about, and I even saw this pretty obviously when you watch him on film, his hands. The guy had two passes on 96 catchable passes thrown him. Two drop passes over two seasons. So the guy was one of the most sure-handed receivers in the league, and you mix it with a big playability and a big frame, and good athleticism, and he had the number one yards per route run with 4.11. That ranked number one in the country last year. So Leontay Carew can really do it all. And like you said, they haven't extended Jarvis Landry. This is a team that who knows if Ryan Tannehill comes back, but they're, they're going to be a high-powered offense at some point. Jay Ajayi is great out of the backfield. They've got tons of weapons out there. It's an offensive line that's consistently being upgraded. They got Tunsil the year before. Things are looking up, and Carew costs you nothing right now. Absolutely nothing. nothing. So this is a guy that you have to chase. Yeah, he's my favorite end-of-the-bench stash in Dynasty Leagues, and I love the fact that you can get exceptional talents for nothing just because Dynasty Leaguers think they're accountants. They love studying the contracts and seeing when they think that Player X is going to be a free agent, and they've decided, oh, Leonte Carew is buried forever even though that's not true. How many teams in the league last year experienced multiple injuries to their wide receiver core? All of them. A bunch. So it's not a stretch to see Leontay Carew playing significant snaps this year. He's athletic Jarvis Landry. That's what we love about Jarvis Landry. The big hands and the yards after the catch ability. Well, that's what Leontay Carew has. The ability to secure the ball in traffic and make big plays. It's just that instead of Jarvis Landry securing that ball and falling down and or getting tackled, Leontay Carew secures the football and then he can explode past the defender and gain extra yards and oftentimes touchdowns. But you see this on the other side of the spectrum too. You see so often fantasy gamers playing out scenarios where the player they like finds his way onto a wide open depth chart, just rises up to the number one running back chair or number one wide receiver chair because their teammates will soon be free agents. You see this all the time. Remember Kristen Michael? Remember Ben Tate? I mean, how many times do we have to go through this exercise? Dynasty League enthusiasts overpaying because they think a player's teammate is going to leave through free agency. <laughs> Remember Michael Floyd? Michael Floyd's the poster child for this at the wide receiver position, right? And then what happened? As it turns out, Michael Floyd was never actually efficient. And now he's on the same team as Adam Thielen, and he will never, and I mean never, ever, Michael Floyd has no chance of ever supplanting Adam Thielen on the Vikings depth chart because Adam Thielen's better than Michael Floyd at football. Adam Thielen also doesn't drink a handle of vodka every night. <laughs> I figured it was coming. Another guy that we know is not drinking a drop takes immaculate care of his body, only thinks about preparing his body to play the sport of football. That's Christian McCaffrey. Did you see Christian McCaffrey play football last night? 
<sighs> preseason. I'm getting chills just thinking about Christian McCaffrey playing football the other night. Now, here, here's what's going around. Here, here's the buzz on Twitter about Christian McCaffrey. I believe you had... Talk to me. Tell me the buzz. Tell me the buzz. Is it like... Kristen Michael buzz? Is it like Ben Tate buzz? No, no, no. It's much It's much better than that. You see, Christian McCaffrey, I believe, had seven carries and 33 yards in his debut in preseason. And I know those numbers don't jump out at you, but here was what a majority of people said after watching his performance. Future Hall of Famer. <laughs> Except I also heard that about Ben Tate. But the difference is... We weren't overpaying for Ben Tate and Kristen Michael when they were parked behind superior talents on the depth chart because we looked at the college dominator rating. Both Ben Tate and Kristen Michael had dominator ratings below 25%, below the 40th percentile. These were not college mega producers. That's why you want to stash players that look a lot more like Leontay Carew and Adam Thielen and stay away from players with great workout metrics that underperformed their athleticism at the college level like Ben Tate and Kristen Michael. And at the wide receiver position, Cody Latimer and Jalen Strong are essentially the Kristen Michael and Ben Tate of wide receivers. And Christian McCaffrey is the anti-Kristen Michael. I mean, if there was an opposite world, a matter-anti-matter chamber, and you put Kristen Michael in the chamber, and you put Christian McCaffrey, their first names sound similar. Kristen and Christian. It's close. Put him in a chamber. The entire universe implodes at that moment. They are such powerful opposites because Christian McCaffrey's dominator rating, (laughs) 50.7%, 98th percentile. I didn't need to watch the game. I already knew what was going to happen. I already knew that Christian McCaffrey would have some nifty runs up the middle and take some outside runs around the edge and roll up some first downs. I already knew that was going to happen. Christian McCaffrey is going to make linebackers look silly in the passing game. I already know this to be the case. I know this is going to happen. I'm seeing the future with data on playerprofiler.com. Yeah, if you're a defense and you're not in the dime or the nickel and Carolina goes to like an empty back set, you've just got to be thinking to yourself, oh, fuck, because who's going to cover Christian McCaffrey? (laughs) You know, linebacker, you see his knees shaking, hands trembling. Nobody. Nobody. Just his soul is going to leave his body. You can't guard him. You can't cover him. And last night there was a run. I think it was an inside zone run. And he was reading it. And you saw him make about his second read on his gap. And man, he just, you can tell he's so cerebral. And he's got the physical ability to put it together with his brain power. Did you just call the white running back cerebral? I'm sorry. I know it's it's very stereotypical. What are you doing? He is. He just, you know, he likes to outthink all the guys. He's That word was not used satirically. Just go on, white man. If I may, Christian McCaffrey, you know, he brings his lunch pail to work with him. He's, he's the hardest worker. First one to show up, last one to leave. Real spark plug, that guy. That's right. Some gritty runs out there. Real jitterbug. <laughs> jitterbug, right? Is that the one? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You're trying to save it. I'm doing my best. Well, let's talk about another running back that really shined in his first preseason game. And I realize these are preseason games, 
But you want to see some reflection of what you had seen in college, what you had seen at the combine, just some semblance of reflection of all these metrics. And Deontay Foreman, a guy that I had earlier ranked ahead of Christian McCaffrey, obviously after everything shook out, I could not what? keep that. What? You remember you did? episodes ago, you had me go through my top five. I didn't have McCaffrey. But you had Christian McCaffrey behind Foreman? No, I don't remember that. It was early on. No one would ever rank Foreman ahead of McCaffrey. It was early. That's just foolishness. It was early on. But nonetheless, there's things I love about Deontay Foreman. It doesn't matter. He's not ahead of Christian McCaffrey. However, of course he's not ahead of Christian McCaffrey. That whole notion is absurd. Can I just say right now, just delete Alfred Blue from your lineup, please. Don't buy into this garbage that Alfred Blue is the number two behind Lamar Miller, who is also the number two, by the way. I'm just going to go ahead and throw that out there. Deontay Foreman is coming for that job. They took him in the third round. He's a huge guy with a ton of speed. He can run inside. He can run outside. We've seen him do some passing drills. He's got some hands, which is something people were concerned about. I was not. He does have hands. He does have hands. That's true. He's not an amputee. And he was nine carries for 76 yards and two catches in his debut. We're still going to go Adam Thielen, Trojan horse, but Dante Foreman amputee is a close second. Oof. It's right there, really. They're one and two. It's a very difficult decision to make. Nonetheless, I digress. I love Deontay Foreman, and I'm really excited to see him performing like this in this offense. I mean, again, it's preseason, but don't think for a second that Alfred Blue is the guy to own behind Lamar Miller. He's not. It's it's over. Nobody does. It's a straw man. There's not one person in this audience is thinking to themselves, oh, yeah, I should go get Alfred Blue, not Dante Foreman. No one thinks that. Not one individual. That's a total straw man because, as you mentioned, Team comes out, they line up in dime, for example, to stop Christian McCaffrey. Well, what happens when you're playing the Houston Texans? You find yourself in a dime defense or a nickel defense, and they run the delayed draw to Dante Foreman, Mm. and you're a 190-pound defensive back. How do you feel in that moment? You better be a good tackler because you're going to be a speed bump. Yeah, Foreman is going to crush these guys. I mean... He's, he's one of the exciting players in this draft. I think the concern with Deontay Foreman was that he was recently pulled over with a weapon and marijuana, and he was charged for having both, and there was concern with that. I mean, it's, it's a stupid thing. No one's concerned about that. For him to get in trouble with. It's another straw man. People are legitimately concerned, but it's nothing to be concerned about. It was a mistake. It was something that I'm sure he regrets. He shouldn't have done it. It doesn't matter. Alfred Blue is... Are you sure he regrets it? I'm sure he doesn't regret it. I don't think he does. I wouldn't regret it. Who cares? I'm in the NFL now. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not trying to lose this job, I guess. You have knowledge of Dante Foreman's inner thoughts? Sure. And no one's concerned about it anyway. So you're playing pop psychologist to dispel a straw man concern. Why don't we move on to something you're actually good at? Talking about college prospects. Oh, God. Because we had another buzzard right in. Uh-oh. How can you not have Ito Smith on your top five running backs list or at the very least mention him as an alternate? God, why do you people do this to yourselves? Why do you do this to yourselves? You know, everybody out there knows if they've been listening to me long enough, I'm a power five conference guy through and through. It's all it is. That that is the biggest thing for me. All these people are posting these 
Ito Smith clips of him shaking defenders out of their boots. These insane... He looks really elusive. I would look elusive, too, in the Conference USA. I would look amazing in Conference USA. I'm not taking anything away from him, but people so selectively downplay the conferences. They they almost ignore it. Here's the truth about Conference USA. If you're not Matt Forte, Chris Johnson, or D'Angelo Williams, we've never heard of you. That's just the way it is. Now, he. What about Kevin Smith? Kevin Smith rushed for 2,500 plus yards on 450 attempts in Conference USA. He scored 29 touchdowns. He also caught 24 passes for 242 yards, 10.1 yards per reception, and an additional receiving touchdown. So he rolled up a total of 30 touchdowns in 2007 for Central Florida. Conference USA's most prolific running back of all time, Kevin Smith. Where is he now? You know, I don't even want to speculate where he's at now. It would be insulting, I'm sure. His NFL career never took off injuries well isn't that the example you were reaching for that you think ito smith's ceiling is kevin smith? no not at all i don't i think kevin smith's ceiling was way higher than ito smith's ceiling besides the fact that they share a similar last name in conference the thing for me yeah it's smith and smith the conference usa smith parallel the problem is ito smith does look phenomenal on tape and i want to see him again this year performing i mean it's it's obvious that the guy's got talent there's no doubt about it the problem is it's Conference USA. Why isn't this guy playing for a Power 5 conference? Why did he decide to stay here? How come he wasn't recruited to a Power 5 conference? These are a lot of questions that people need to ask themselves. Why wasn't David Johnson recruited to a Power 5 conference program? It's a great question. Because he played wide receiver in high school, just like Jeremy McNichols. That's the answer. It's interesting. In 2007, Kevin Smith was only 8th in the Heisman voting after putting together one of the best running back seasons of all time, right up there with Melvin Gordon and Barry Sanders. And he finished eighth in Heisman voting. So the Heisman voters are major conference snobs, just like Nate Liss. And so are NFL teams, because they waited till the third round to draft Kevin Smith. And they waited to the third round to draft David Johnson. David Johnson will go down in history as one of the biggest misses. I mean, they happen. Don't get me wrong. They happen. But Ito Smith is 5'9". Is TCU a big school? Do you consider Texas Christian a big school? Do you know who went to Texas Christian? Andy Dalton. LaDainian Tomlinson. That's fine. Look, the problem is Ito Smith is undersized. He plays for a small conference. The history of production on that conference isn't great. I like his production. He could be Matt Forte. You know who he is, Nate? You know who he is? He's Tyler Irvin. And where's Tyler Irvin right now? Somebody tell me where Tyler Irvin is. Where's Tyler Irvin? Do you even know what team Tyler Irvin's on right now? He's behind Alfred Blue. (laughs) That's where he is. Tyler Irvin's the number four running back for the Houston Texans on a nowhere franchise going nowhere after a prolific career at San Jose State University while weighing less than 200 pounds.
somehow got a show in. Wow, I, I actually, did you notice I ran out of gas after the Adam Thielen thing? It was like double Dutch jump rope, and I was like, okay, when am I going? When am I going? And you had this hot take on Thielen, and I'm like, Jesus, he's saying everything. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. We've loved Stefan Diggs since I was in the womb. I'm also much older than Stefan Diggs, so figure that one out. Math people. And he will never, and I mean never, ever, Michael Floyd has no chance of ever supplanting Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen also doesn't drink a handle of vodka every night. I figured it was coming. Did your family hear you from where you're at? Oh, yeah, they hate me. They despise Thursdays. My daughter says to my wife, tonight Thursday, my wife nods sadly. <laughs> and she starts crying. <laughs> I don't know this guy personally. Um, he wanted to get back into the league a few days later, but Justin had already filled his spot with me. And so the guy asked, well, who, who's in the league? Because it's a home league. He figured he'd know these guys from high school. And he said, Nate Liss. And the guy goes, the Nate Liss? Right? Which is pretty hilarious to me because, I don't know, anybody responding that way cracks me up. But I guess the guy listens to the show a ton and loves it. <sighs> yeah, I've never I've never gone to two college football games in a day before, so it'll be kind of interesting to hit them both, the Oregon and Oregon State. They're not very far apart, which is kind of cool to be able to do that. <sighs> he does have hands. That's true. He's not an amputee. He runs really weird. If you've ever watched any of his, it was weird to me to watch him. Like I almost felt like he was messing with people. The way that he ran is just weird. And I have the metrics and I have the quantitative analysis. So it gives me this invincibility cloak and allows me to be as debaucherous as I want to be, but I always have this built-in credibility. Corey Coleman, is he going to bust? Probably. Scary, but I can see it. Did you see the other night Chad Parsons' account kept retweeting, like, Kim Kardashian's ass? Yeah, he got hacked, and he, he wrote this apology tweet, and I quoted it and said, Don't apologize. This is fantastic. No, well, the only thing I care about is people admitting the fact that Chad Henney is a better quarterback than Blake Bortles. Can we just get on with that already? I've been saying that three seasons where he was pretty much the primary starter in all of those seasons ooh, this is a rough statistic for chad henney in all the seasons where he started 13 games or more he ended the season with more interceptions than he did touchdowns chad henney's bad <sighs> i mean for his career he's got more interceptions than touchdowns but i think eli manning does too so i'm not really sure if that's a no, he doesn't. Eli Manning doesn't have more interceptions than touchdowns. What are you talking about? Eli Manning has 320 touchdowns and 215 interceptions, dude. That's really bad. Jay Cutler, career interceptions, 146 on basically 2,000 less passes. <sighs> dude, Andrew Luck is going to smash that record. Can we do a show? Yeah, I'd love to do a show. What's up? That was just for the outtakes. All right, don't shortchange me when I'm coming in like that. Okay, let's do it. <clears throat> this show, as we know, 
is low on your priority list. He's that pastor that's out there preaching against gay marriage all the while is getting blowjobs in the parking lot. Are you going to add in from guys? <sighs> I, I'm going to delete that because we didn't need that part of it. Oh my God. Why are you going down this road? Why are you giving more details about how to, what, ejaculate in a, uh, during a lap dance? Is this what you're trying to teach the audience now? If I can make a pair of pants out of Kleenex. <sighs> so my pro tip is how to cook a delicious salmon. Yours is how to get off in the strip club. I struggle to do good radio. People old enough to wear silk pants to the strip club is how I should define them. But nonetheless. God, you are so bad at radio. It's really stunning. It's stunning how bad you are at this. Thank you. Adam Thielen from Minnesota. 63200. And he's white. <sighs> Christian McCaffrey is the anti-Kristen Michael. I mean, if there was an opposite world, a matter-anti-matter chamber, and you put Kristen Michael in the chamber, and you put Christian McCaffrey, their first names sound similar, Kristen and Christian, put them in a chamber, Psh, the entire universe implodes at that moment. You can tell he's so cerebral, and he's got the physical ability to put it together with his brain power. Some gritty runs out there. Real jitterbug. That's a bug, right? Is that the one? You lay on the horn, don't you? I just bought a new truck. Yeah, I've been using the horn all over the place. You lay on the horn. You're that guy. I do a little quick tap, tap, beep, beep. Like that. That's my beep. You're one of these guys. Right? Yeah, I lay on the horn. That's for sure. You're that guy. You're that guy in so many ways. You got to let the Jeff Janis thing go. I mean, I realize... If you look behind you, you can't do it because you pretty much put yourself in this position not to. What's wrong with you? Did you not hear my entire analysis of Adam Thielen? Guys haven't made it by now. They're not going to make it. We just did a whole 15-minute segment on Adam Thielen. It took Edelman five years to break out. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. <sighs> Aaron Rodgers hates Jeff Janis. Because Aaron Rodgers hates the fact that Jeff Janis got all the credit for the Hail Mary catches. And Aaron Rodgers thinks that he was the one responsible. Have you seen these Yahoo videos I'm doing, by the way? Yeah, a little bit. How often are you doing them? You haven't seen one. That's such a lie. God, you're so obvious. You haven't seen a video. That's No, okay, you're right. I haven't clicked on a video. I've seen the videos. Like, I've seen the links to the videos. It's yes. <laughs> Exactly. You haven't actually watched the video. You're such a fraud. I can see in your face. If we ever play heads up poker, you're going to get destroyed. <laughs> Technically, I have not watched any. That's true. That's true. And I was just going to celebrate me streaming my douche face around the internet. Dude, you have a job and a family. I'm not saying you need to be watching these videos. I'm just saying, just tell the truth. Is it that hard to not lie to my face? It's not a lie. It's just tricky wording. <laughs> I mean, it's just lie, straw man premise, lie, straw man premise, lie, straw man premise. 
It's really how I live my life. I've gotten pretty far doing it this way, and I don't see myself stopping anytime soon. It's... <sighs> I know people are afraid of Alfred Blue, but I'm here to tell you it's okay. Dante Foreman's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. It's nothing to worry about. Yeah, that's a fact. Because there's so many people out there worrying about it right now. They're so happy that you're here to soothe them. I've never been a party to a more blatant straw man in my career doing podcasts than you soothing the audience concerned about Alfred Blue. You know, there's people out there that own Alfred Blue that are like, what do I do with him, man? I've got Alfred Blue. He's like this game-changing talent, and I don't know what to do with him. Yeah, you're here for no one. That's it. I mean, that's it. You're here for no one. You are no one. You're here for no one. You taught Aya Stark. Well, what was the guy's name? The mini-faced god guy. Is this a trick question? The whole point was he had no name. No, he's no one. Arya is no one, but she's someone. He's not someone. He's no one. You know the definition of no one, right? He's nobody. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. That's not true. He's somebody. You know Pirine got blown up in pass protection and fumbled, right? Kevin White wasn't targeted? <laughs> They're saving him. <laughs> Glennon looked like shit. He threw this duck. It was so bad. I mean, he is just... He is terrible. What about Corey Grant? What's the deal there? He's explosive as hell. <sighs> why do you think he didn't make it to Georgia Tech? I have no idea. Why? What do you think was waiting for him at Southern Miss? A lady of the night. <laughs> There's been a rash of reports around the University of Mississippi that there was a widespread prostitution. Seems like a good time to use my four years of college eligibility. Most of those programs that are wooing talent are doing it by wooing talent, right? They roll out the red carpet with the finest trim. As they should. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. <sighs> and Edo Smith fell for it. Edo Smith, two-star back. F-Y-I. Yeah, he's Tyler Irvin. Basically, he's Tyler Irvin. Tyler Irvin's dead, too, so... He's not dead. The whole show was about how no players are dead. If they're talented players with great resumes, it doesn't matter what the depth chart looks like. You need to stash them. That was the whole premise of the show. The fact that you just said that Tyler Irvin's dead proves that you didn't listen to anything we talked about on the show. You weren't listening to the show? No, I listened to some of it. Unbelievable. Tyler Irvin has a 35.1% dominator rating, 75th percentile, with a 131.3 burst score, 93rd percentile. His best comparable player is Danny Woodhead, but it's soon to be Ito Smith. Regardless, he's a guy you stash. Tyler Irvin is from San Jose State University. I don't want to go through this again because I'm pretty sure I did this last year too, but old snob Nate is going to come out for his non-Power 5 conferences. Yeah, Power 5 snob. Yeah, the Power 5 snob, Nate. Okay, bye, Nate. We'll see you later. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on.
うわ